Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Saturday, July 23rd, 2016. I'm coming back again with some more fantasy football rankings. I'm doing the quarterbacks. I uh, just uh, finished recording a lot of this for my show that just uh, it's going to be airing next Saturday on uh, 610amsports.com. But this one is uh, so fresh, got to drop it as a podcast. You know, I'm getting my stuff together. I'm packing. I'm going to be going to North Carolina, hang out on the beach for a little bit, get some sun, go from the 100-degree weather of Austin, Texas, to the 90-degree weather of Emerald Isle, North Carolina. But I want everyone to savor these quarterback rankings. So I'm going through the fantasy football quarterbacks. I use Matthew Berry's rankings off ESPN.com. I give you my thoughts on them. I think my thoughts are fairly valuable. They could be the the difference maker between you winning your league or not. So uh, check it out. As always, come and check out my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Continue to uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, hosted on SoundCloud as well. Follow me on Twitter. Give me your thoughts. Check. Uh, let me let me know what you're thinking. If you want to come on the show, holler at me. I'd love to have you on the show. So enough about me. Let's talk some fantasy football quarterbacks. So today we're going to continue my fantasy football rankings for this coming 2016 season. Um, today's going to be quarterbacks. I've done the wide receivers. I've done the running backs. It is time for the quarterbacks, or in real football terms, the most important position on the field. Or many people would say that. I'm sure every other guy who plays every other position would probably try to disagree. Although the consensus is out there that, you know, quarterbacks are a quote-unquote very important position. So uh, unlike the wide receivers and the um, uh, running backs, there's not as many quarterbacks to talk about because, you know, most teams will have a number one, number two wide receiver and, you know, a couple of running backs. And, you know, there's only so many quarterbacks that get featured. Um, which I'm stating the obvious here, but uh, this season, certainly, you know, in the last couple of seasons, you'll notice um, the fantasy football, it's saturated with quality fantasy football quarterbacks. Um, It's not very common to have a two-quarterback league, although they are out there. Um, So, you know, really getting a, a, a strong understanding of which one of these quarterbacks is really, really going to be able to help you out, and especially going deep, deep, deep into the quarterbacks. You know, you really, uh, if you if you don't have a two quarterback league, you know, you can get away with scooping up a quarterback late in the draft and um, being just fine. Uh, you know, because most situations, listen, you're going to have one quarterback you start on your team. There's going to be eight, ten, twelve, maybe sixteen teams in a league. You know, not everybody is going to actually, you know, uh, have a second quarterback on their roster. You know, you think about it. The truth is there's a lot of quarterbacks on the waiver wire. And as you've been seeing the NFL shift more and more towards a pass-happy league, a league where the rules are there to benefit the quarterback, the rules are there to penalize the defensive players from hitting the quarterback hard, Um, the rules are there to protect the wide receivers, which means they have a better opportunity to catch the ball, it's not an accident that you're seeing record-setting passing numbers in the NFL. I mean, Drew Brees has now had multiple seasons where he's throwing for 5,000 yards. Um, You know, you're having probably more 4,000-yard passing seasons by, you know, I think last year or the year before, 
there was the most ever 4,000-yard passing uh, 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 you know, quarterbacks in a single season. I mean, that's really got to tell you something about where the league is shifting to. And But now from a fantasy football perspective, that means you got a lot of quarterbacks who are legitimate options, legitimate guys you can have on your team and trust to go out there and, you know, really put up some serious fantasy football numbers. I have a lot of opinions about the quarterback position, which I'm really excited to talk about on today's show. Um, I think it's a fascinating position. Um, I tend to be someone who likes to pull the trigger early. Um, I really want to get a quarterback who I, in my heart, you know, know I'm not going to ever have any doubts or some curiosities like, are they not going to show up today? I truly feel that some of these quarterbacks, even on a bad day, they're going to figure out how to put up numbers and get fantasy football points for you. I'm a big believer in Drew Brees. Even every year as he gets older and older, you know, even when the Saints are not good, even when they're not winning, this guy still figures out a way to throw three touchdowns or 300 yards in a single game. I I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Um, Another guy like that is Aaron Rodgers, but... Let's let's go into the list as uh, as I've done the last couple of uh, times when I was doing the running backs and the wide receivers. I'm going to Matthew Berry's rankings. Um, unlike the wide receivers and the running backs, he's not listing a hundred guys. He's only listing about sixty. I'm going to go through the first twenty or so, give you my sense of it, and then I'm also going to try to go a little bit deeper, see which one of these guys is going to be uh, you know worth anything and uh, at least worth thinking about. Now. Let's start at the top of the list because, you know, I've got a lot of opinions about the consensus number one quarterback right now, which is Cam Newton. So Cam Newton um, absolutely had an MVP year last year. He was brilliant. Um, I think all of the money that he got paid the year, uh, the offseason before um, was was warranted. He absolutely earned it. Um, he, you know, was uh, uh, got rushing touchdowns. I mean, he is truly a guy where, you know, you don't have to always rely on him to put passing yards up. You can rely on him to get some rushing yards, to get a rushing touchdown. You know, it's not uncommon for him to rush for 50 yards or 75 yards. I mean, he's kind of in the same boat as Russell Wilson like that. So um, it's he's definitely going to bring in numbers for you, but, you know, he's never... Well, I don't want to say he's never been. His rookie year, he put up fantastic passing numbers, but, you know, the team wasn't winning. And I've always kind of been a little skeptical about Cam Newton's, uh, you know, fantasy uh, value because of the fact that he's not ever been truly known as this passing quarterback. He's not a pass-first guy. You know, he's a, he is a win-the-game guy. If he's got to run it, you know, if he's got to tuck it down and do a quarterback sneak a la Tom Brady, or if he's got to throw a 60-yard pass to Ted Ginn, he doesn't care. He's going to do it. I really believe he's ranked number one because uh, this is hype. This is hype. This is hype. This is hype. Okay, going into last season, Andrew Luck was ranked number one. And now after one season of injuries and poor play, Andrew Luck has knocked back down to number four. Now, who's to say that Andrew Luck isn't going to come back this year and just jump right and pick up where he left off two seasons ago and continue to put up dominant fantasy numbers and start to outrank the likes of, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera, et cetera. Now, so Cam Newton you got to – listen, I'm not going to be the person who's, who's picking him my number one overall quarterback, um, even if even if I get to a point where I want to pull the trigger in an early round. Because you got to understand, the certain quarterbacks, it's, it's kind of like quarterbacks you have a bit of a cutoff or you have a bit of a – like a first tier and a second tier. After you get past that first tier, then – 
you know, like you'll notice this in a draft, in a typical, you know, snake draft, there will be a run on quarterbacks where all of a sudden somebody drafts Cam Newton and then within the next, you know, 10 to 15 picks, Aaron Rodgers is going to be off the board. Andrew Luck will be off the board. Drew Brees will be off the board. Maybe even Tom Brady will be off the board. And then all of a sudden, all the other quarterbacks just sit on the draft board, you know, round after round after round. And you don't even think about the fact that you could pick up Carson Palmer or Philip Rivers or one of these other, you know, Blake Bortles, who are probably going to be just as effective from a fantasy football perspective, if not better than Cam Newton or Aaron Rodgers. And you can probably get them in like round seven or eight or nine. So I'm certainly not going to be taking Cam Newton first. I am seriously questioning. I'm, I'm in complete disagreement as he is the number one overall quarterback in the rankings. Um, I, I listen, if you want to roll the dice with him, maybe he's going to have an even better year. Maybe his numbers are going to be even more fantastic. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit hard to replicate what they did last year, but you know, by all means, roll the dice, see how it goes. I'm not going to be on board with you. Let's go to number two on the list. Aaron Rodgers. I would rather go and get Aaron Rodgers before I would get Cam Newton. Aaron Rodgers is money in the bank to quote Stuart Scott. He is as cool as the other side of the pillow. That's right. Stuart Scott. I love you. I remember you. And I'm going to quote you right now and make you live on in my show. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball, which is what you want out of quarterback. He throws it a lot. He puts up lots of numbers, and I think his numbers dipped, and he really suffered last year when he was lacking Jordy Nelson. Now, I said in my most recent show about the wide receivers, you got to, you know, Jordy Nelson coming back from an ACL tear, you know, I want to see a little bit more of what's on the field before I'm guaranteed that he's going to be back and doing everything he was doing two seasons ago. Um, But having him back on the field, Having a healthy Randall Cobb, I think this allows Aaron Rodgers to thrive once again. And, you know, he has, in my mind, established himself as that top-tier quarterback. You know, I'm ready to roll the dice with him no matter what. If he's on the board in round three or round four of your draft, go and get him and know that you don't have to worry about your quarterback for the rest of the season. That's one thing you got to remember about Aaron Rodgers. And aside from that one year where he missed about, hmm, six, seven games because of the broken collarbone, he's another guy where, you know, you're not afraid of him getting injured. That's another thing you got to know is some of these quarterbacks, you got to be mindful of the fact of which one of them gets injured and which one of them don't. uh, Yeah, that's terrible grammar. Like Eli Manning doesn't really get hurt that much. Tom Brady doesn't really get hurt that much. Phillip Rivers doesn't really get hurt that much. Some of these other quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, he gets hurt. You know, it's just the style of his play, the way he kind of, you know, likes to function, the way he likes to roll out of the pocket. He makes himself a target a little bit more often than, you know, you think you'd want him to be. And that's something you got to be mindful of with a quarterback is that if you're taking, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tyrod Taylor, these guys, you know, they have a tendency to get hit pretty hard, hold the ball too long, get sacked really hard, break a collarbone or tuck it down and go for a run and then get a concussion. And all of a sudden they're missing a couple of weeks. You know, longevity and or longevity and, and durability is something you got to remember with some of these quarterbacks. So I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's – I would probably put him as number one, um, definitely above Cam Newton. The, okay, and now to, to, to continue this trend about Cam Newton, 
Number three quarterback on this list is Russell Wilson. Now, I know he's Russell Wilson. He won his Super Bowl. He's amazing. And then, of course, the entire second half of the year last year, he turned into the pass-happy quarterback that we've never seen from Russell Wilson. Um, You know... He was always a running quarterback. I think the Seattle Seahawks were last in pass attempts uh, in the NFL over the last couple of seasons. And then Jimmy Graham gets hurt. And it's actually, this started before Jimmy Graham got hurt. But he starts just throwing three touchdown games to Doug Baldwin, um, putting up 300 yards passing. I'm not convinced. I am not convinced that this is going to stick. I think Seattle is going to really stick to their hard-hitting run game. I think Pete Carroll is going to go back to Thomas Rawls now that Marshawn Lynch is retired. I'm just I'm not convinced that Russell Wilson and his and his passing is here to stay. And I do think that he's Cam Newton. It's like he's he's hyped too much. I think he's definitely on an upward trend. But me, Sam Rosenberg, I'm much more interested in some of these uh, quarterbacks who are kind of underrated, who are probably going to put up more passing yards and more passing touchdowns than either Cam Newton or Russell Wilson. Like, yo, give me a Matthew Stafford. Give me a Phillip Rivers. I'm very content having either one of them as my starting quarterback over a Russell Wilson or a Cam Newton. And maybe not Matthew Stafford, but definitely Phillip Rivers. Um, However... Russell Wilson is still a fantastic quarterback. I still have a lot of confidence in his ability to perform. I'm just not sure if I want to put him as number three. And number three, is, it's, it's a little high on the list for me. Number four is Andrew Luck. Okay, now Andrew Luck I actually think is, should be number two. I mean, these were the rankings from, from last season. Number one was Andrew Luck. Number two was Aaron Rodgers. I would say it's probably just flipped this year. I put Aaron Rodgers at one. I put Andrew Luck at number two. Andrew Luck is a pass-happy quarterback um, who also can tuck it down and run. He's kind of cut from the same mold as Aaron Rodgers. He's got some good wide receivers. I like what they're doing in Indianapolis. I think last year was just a combination of some bad, you know, bad things all coming together at the same time. He gets injured. Um, You know, the injury, I think, was the final straw that broke the camel's back. But He's going to come back. He's got a new offensive coordinator this time around. I like what they're putting together with his wide receivers. You know, they're getting there, you know, T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief. They signed Dwayne Allen to some big money. You know, these are all guys who have been in training camp before, so there's some familiarity there. I'm expecting a big bounce back year from Andrew Luck. And, you know, I think if you want to go and pull the trigger on him early above a Russell Wilson, I would absolutely pick Andrew Luck over Russell Wilson. I just, I got to call that right now. It's just, I I don't like, I don't like Russell Wilson being ranked that high. I'm a much bigger fan of Andrew Luck. Um, I think, and I think the Colts, the Colts as a team, Colts as a team are going to bounce, they're going to bounce back this year. I'd probably win that division again, steal it from the Texans. That would not surprise me one bit. Now, number five on the list is Drew Brees, and I've already started talking about Drew Brees. I love him. I love him. This guy is, he is never fail fudge, man. Just tasty every single day, every single, every single Sunday, he's going to be throwing the ball. There's a very high chance that he's going to either put up three touchdowns or 300 yards passing. I don't even care if the Saints win. It doesn't matter if they win. Even if the Saints lose and they're playing garbage minutes, Drew Brees still finds a way to throw a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter, even if they're down by 37 points, all right? And from a fantasy football perspective, that's what you want. The thing I'm scared about with Drew Brees is sooner or later, he's going to fall off a cliff like Peyton Manning. Something's going to happen with his arm. He's going to get an injury. You know, the balls will not be flying as much as they used to. Last year, I think he actually missed one game, which was, you know, shocking to me just uh, because he is really – 
has really been the picture of durability for a very long time. But I I would definitely rank even Drew Brees higher than Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. I'd probably put Drew Brees as my number three quarterback. I love him, baby. Give him to me. I uh, I think the you know, it's just that scheme. You got to think about how the Saints play offense and what they do with Drew Brees in the pocket. And I mean, from a fantasy football perspective, you know, I don't know how much more reliable you can get aside from a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers. Um, now, number six on the list is Ben Roethlisberger. This is rather fascinating because Ben Roethlisberger, for I think many years, has been a very underrated fantasy football quarterback. I think he's always performed rather well. He puts up great numbers, throws the ball a lot, but something changed two seasons ago. Two seasons ago, Ben Roethlisberger started to put up good numbers like he used to, but then his numbers got just a little bit better. He All of a sudden, he kind of went to a point where he started throwing even more. I think Antonio Brown got just a little bit better. And those numbers really started to explode. And I think it was also when Todd Haley came in as the offensive coordinator. They really started to air the ball out more with Ben Roethlisberger. And he started accruing more 300-yard passing games. And then last season... I think, didn't he have two back-to-back games where he threw six touchdowns? I mean, two straight games of six touchdowns is saying something. But what you also need to understand is that skews your numbers a lot. All of a sudden, it makes Ben Roethlisberger's touchdown count, his total touchdown count, his passing yards count, all looks amazing when you look at it in the aggregate as a full year. But if you break it down, you realize that most of those numbers, or a big chunk of them, were really just uh, you know uh, put together in the span of two games. You need to look at the rest of the, the the picture and say, well, how much has he really, how how well has he really performed in all of the other games? Um, I think I still think he's now. I don't think he's underrated. Now I think he's kind of rated right where he needs to be. I, I'm still sort of a little high on him. I, I mean, I love Pittsburgh. I think they've got a lot of good things going on with their offense. That's a franchise that's run very well. Um, you know, the the thing with Roethlisberger that would probably pull him down on the list for me, like I would probably put Roethlisberger beneath Cam Newton and Russell Wilson, um, is his injury history. He has difficulty staying healthy. I mean, we look at last year, I mean, Mike Vick had to start a game for the Steelers, and then you had Landry Jones, and then you had a game where Roethlisberger came out, went back in, and, you know, I mean, it's injuries. That's something I'm worried about with Roethlisberger. I, um, however, he's still very good, still ranked very high. Um, I don't think you should feel bad taking Ben Roethlisberger, but he's a guy you can, he's, this is another example of how deep the quarterback situation is this year. I mean, you can go pick him up probably in round five, six, or seven. I mean, he might still be on the board in round nine and go get him. I mean, because I think a lot of people just, they think of other quarterbacks and they kind of don't consider Roethlisberger as this this juicy fantasy football uh, producer. But I think this year, you know, the hype is there. He'll probably be off the board sooner rather than later. And, you know, you shouldn't feel bad if he's your quarterback. Now, next on the list is Carson Palmer. It took Carson Palmer a very long time to get this high up on a fantasy football list. Okay, last year, when he had his fantastic year for the Arizona Cardinals, he wasn't even drafted. I mean, I think I, I might have won one of my fantasy leagues because I picked up Carson Palmer off the waiver wire after week one. Nobody had him on the radar, especially after uh, tearing his ACL for the second time two seasons ago and the Arizona Cardinals going to the playoffs with, you know, what was it, Ryan Lindley as the quarterback? It's, it's Carson Palmer 
Again, he's like Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to put up great numbers. Um, Arizona's offense, now that Bruce Arians has arrived, is magnificent. Michael Floyd, J.J. Nelson, John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, they are dangerous. You throw in David Johnson and Chris Johnson, for that matter. I mean, they're tenacious at this point. Although, I don't know if Chris Johnson's still on the team. I'll check that later. Um, But Carson Palmer, with that offense, is magnificent. Finally, he's ranked, you know, high enough that people I think are going to scoop him up. Um, but again, the quarterback position is so deep that if you don't get him, uh, or you know, he could still be on the board. He could be like Roethlisberger. He could still be on the board late into the draft. And if you can go get him late, go get him late. I, he's a quarterback. I feel very confident putting him in there and not having to worry about my quarterback position at all. If I, the more players I have on my fantasy football team. And I'd say this to everyone out there as well. The more players you have where you don't have to worry about the fact of they're going to be good, they're going to be bad, what team are they playing this week, who's the defense, you're just like, no, they're they're great, they're going to be – it's like Aaron Rodgers is starting, I don't even need to worry about it. Carson Palmer's starting, I don't even need to worry about it. I definitely think Carson Palmer's that type of guy. You put him in there, you just forget about him. Just be like, oh, no, he'll be great. He'll throw 300 yards, maybe three touchdowns. You know, all it takes is one, you know, 80-yard touchdown pass to, you know, John Brown or Michael Floyd to make his whole day worth it. Um, I would probably actually put Carson Palmer ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to say that. I'm going to put that out there right now. Carson Palmer ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. Now, next on the list is Tom Brady. We have to mention the fact that the the Deflategate suspension has officially been put into effect. Tom Brady has decided to give in. He is no longer fighting it. He, I mean, is, unless I hear anything different, he's going to be suspended for four games. So already you got he's Tom Brady's going to be missing the first four games of the season. Now last year, we felt the same thing before the beginning of last season. We were pretty sure that he was going to miss the first four games of the season, and Tom Brady's ranking dropped drastically because there was a big expectation that he was going to be gone for the first four weeks of the season. And in fantasy football, missing four straight weeks of football is a big deal, okay? Because, you know, if you get out of that four weeks of football and you're 0-4, most of your season is over already, all right? You've got to Fantasy football, bam, 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 bam. This is a week-to-week game, all right? So you can't afford to be missing someone that much. That being said, Tom Brady's a little high ranked at number eight because you need to take into consideration the fact that he's not going to be on the field for four games. However, however, (laughs) Tom Brady's fantastic. This guy, I don't I don't see any age on him. I mean, I do see age when I see him run around and scramble, even though he doesn't scramble that much, but I mean, it's fantastic to watch him play football. Uh, it's fantastic to throw him to see him throw touchdowns. I have every faith, all the faith in the world that he is going to be fantastic no matter what. Last year, I picked him up um, deep in one of my drafts, and then, of course, the suspension was uh, was lifted, and he played the entire season, and he was fantastic for me. That was another quarterback situation where you know, I had no problem whatsoever just sitting back and being like, I don't even need to think about my quarterback. I got Tom Brady. Every week, he's probably going to toss a touchdown to Rob Gronkowski, probably toss it to Deion Lewis. You know, he he's a guy, I don't know if I want his wide receivers or his running backs, but I want Tom Brady. I would probably rank Tom Brady... I mean, listen, if he was playing the full season, I would rank him ahead of Ben Roethlisberger and Carson Palmer. I don't know if I'd be putting him ahead. I would probably rank Tom Brady ahead of Russell Wilson and Cam Newton because that's how I am. That's the type of fantasy football player I am. I want a passer as my quarterback. That's that's what I'm going for. Um, 
I don't want the Cam Newton, Russell Wilson running quarterbacks where maybe I'm relying on a rushing touchdown for my points that week. Um, but Tom Brady, it's tough because when he's missing those four games, you got to pull him down in the rankings. Now, next on the list is Eli Manning. This is another quarterback. He's like he fits in the exact same category as Ben Roethlisberger. For years, he's been underrated. He's an extremely dependable quarterback. He stays on the field. You pretty much know what he's going to do. But Eli Manning has always been plagued by a degree of inconsistency because it never particularly surprises me when Eli has a three or four interception game. Um, and Eli can be so brilliant. He can throw four touchdowns. He can throw six touchdowns. He can put up monster numbers. He can bring you back from losing in the fourth quarter. I mean, he's cool as a cucumber, but inconsistency because then you might have another week where Eli throws like just under 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And you're kind of kicking yourself because you're like, man, if I had just started, you know, Blake Bortles or Kirk Cousins, I would have gotten some better numbers. But instead, I started Eli Manning. I just, he's burned me one or two times. He's burned friends of mine. I, um, you know, for the first time in a while, I like that Eli has been ranked this high, but I've never been a big fan of having Eli Manning as my, uh, as my fantasy football quarterback. I love him as a real quarterback, but a fantasy football quarterback, too much inconsistency. Um, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. certainly brings his stock up. That might be one of the bigger reasons why he's ranked in Matthew Berry's top 10. But, I mean, I would put him down a peg. I would definitely be bringing him lower than, um, you know, the, some of the other names that are beneath him. Blake Bortles, Phillip Rivers. I mean, I would put Tony Romo ahead of Eli Manning. Why is Tony Romo below Eli Manning? That's that's telling you something. Barry, we're, I don't know, Matthew Berry might have been off his rocker when he put this list together. Next on the list is Blake Bortles. So... I can appreciate what Matthew Berry's doing here. I think he's giving Blake Bortles, his stock went up towards the second half of last season. He played very well. He put up a lot of good numbers. His interceptions went down. His passing yards went up. His touchdowns went up. You started to see that Blake Bortles is a legitimate passer, has got a great arm, can really get the ball down the field. And the Jacksonville Jaguars started to look promising. Their offense was exciting. They got they were able to score points. The running game was there. The passing game was there. Allen and Allen, Hearns and Robinson. I mean, it started to get very, very exciting to watch. And because Blake Bortles was so underrated last year, he was sitting on the waiver wire for many teams. Uh, and, and I think a lot of teams started to pick him up in the latter half of the year and give him a chance, and they benefited for it. I would definitely put Blake Bortles higher than Eli Manning. Um, I don't know if I can put him any higher than anyone else, though. I, I'm really optimistic about him. Keep an eye on Blake Bortles because this is a prime example of a quarterback who I think is going to take a step forward this year, absolutely, and because he doesn't really have the name recognition yet and the street cred and the hype, most people out there are not going to pick him. Most people are out there, they're going to they're going to dismiss him. They're probably going to move on. They're probably going to, eh, Blake Bortles, he's throwing for the Jaguar, you know, hemming and hawing. But, you know, keep an eye on him. Because if he's around in round 10, you know, you want to play your draft that way, go and draft a bunch of wide receivers, go and get a juicy tight end, a couple of running backs, and then scoop up Blake Bortles in like round 9 or 10 of your draft. Whoo! I call that a win if you talk to me, baby. Um, next on the list is Philip Rivers. Now, Philip Rivers, in my mind, has been eternally underrated. And again, this is I'm sitting here saying, wow, it's amazing that he's been ranked this high. This is like brilliant. It's like finally everyone's come around towards the 
you know, I don't want to say his career is almost over, but I mean, he's been around for a long time. Phillip Rivers has been playing this game for a long time. So drafted the same year as Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that only now he's being ranked number 11 on Matthew Berry's list because I would put Phillip Rivers ahead of Eli Manning. I would put Philip Rivers ahead of Blake Bortles. I mean, I'd put Philip Rivers ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, and I love the fact that he's always underrated because that usually means I can scoop him up in a later round. And I always kind of, if, you ever, if you're ever in a draft with me, you will see me get frustrated when I see somebody scoop up Philip Rivers earlier than I wanted him scooped up because I'm always praying. I'm always sitting there going, oh, come on, come on, just, just hang in there a little bit longer. I can pick another wide receiver. I can grab another running back, and then Philip Rivers will still be there the next round when I come back around. <laughs> Philip Rivers, I mean, he's, he, I just, he throws 300-yard games. He's got a lot of wide receivers. He's a smart quarterback. He's durable. He stays on the field. He's got Antonio Gates. I mean, who could ask for anything more? That's that's exactly what I want out of my passing quarterback, and I think he always puts up great numbers. You know, occasionally, he's got his dud here and there, but for the most part, Phillip Rivers is very dependable for me, and I think uh, I think he needs to be ranked a Maybe even a little bit higher than this. Although, you know, I don't want to tell anybody. I want everyone to continue ranking him low. I just, that's right. Philip Rivers sucks. Don't don't ignore everything I just said. Now, next on the list is Tyrod Taylor. He earned his job with the Buffalo Bills. Um, however, I think I've already talked about this. Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Tyrod Taylor fits into that same category. He's a run-first quarterback. He's a guy who's going to be much more dependent on rushing touchdowns. He's going to be much more dependent on, you know, scrambling out of the pocket much less dependent on airing out the ball. Um, I don't think, you know, Sammy Watkins sort of shifted the landscape last year when he started to come on strong in the second half of the season, and you saw some chemistry building between he and Tyrod Taylor. However, I still, you know, I don't know if Tyrod Taylor's uh, arm strength is there yet. Again, I, I still think he's more of a runner. Um, and, and something we saw happen last year is because he's more of a runner, he gets hit more. He gets sacked more. He gets hit out of the pocket more. He comes, you know, if he rushes, he gets nailed by defensive players. And you see more injuries. You see more of a likelihood that he will not play a 16-game schedule. And that's, I mean, you you got to take that into consideration when you're drafting the guy. Because as amazing as his numbers could be for one game or three games, you know, if he's missing five or six games in a single season because he just can't stay healthy, you gotta you gotta weigh that before you pick him. Again, quarterbacks is so deep, so deep that Tyrod Taylor could still be on the board late, late, late in your draft, and you have to think about that. Unless you're pulling off, you know, a selection of Cam Newton or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck or Drew Brees, you can wait. You can if those guys are off the board by the time you want to get a quarterback, you can wait. And Tyrod Taylor will probably still be there. Philip Rivers will probably still be there. Next on the list, Tony Romo. Okay. Okay. Can we can we please stop get away from underrating Tony Romo? This guy is a fantastic quarterback. I would rate Tony Romo higher than Eli Manning. I would rate Tony Romo higher than Blake Bortles. I would rate Tony Romo higher than Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I would rate Tony Romo probably higher than Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the only detractor I have is A, he's got injury issues. He's definitely had two you know, most of last season. And also he had another season where he broke his collarbone before he missed most of that year. That was probably the one other time I had him as my fantasy football quarterback. Um, that's definitely something to be uh, considered with Tony Romo. Also, the, I think they're also a run first team. He's not a run first quarterback, but I mean, 
it's not a disguise that the Dallas Cowboys are all about running backs and offensive line. I mean, ask DeMarco Murray, ask Ezekiel Elliott, ask, I mean, friggin' Lance Dunbar last year, or Darren, or Darren McFadden, run DMC. I mean, he was running all over the place for the Cowboys. That's the thing that I think, you know, brings Tony Romo down and kind of makes it so I would rank him higher, but I can't terribly disagree with the ranking because... You know, it's true. He's probably not going to be throwing the ball as often as as like Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Brees. He's just not. You know, the Cowboys are going to be much more ground and pound, running the ball. Um, and I think Tony Romo is going to be more of a game manager, not because he's a poor quarterback, but because of the nature of their offense. You know, he's going to be very content throwing 185 passing yards, two touchdowns and one interception and winning the game. I, that's, that's, a, that's Tony Romo for you in a nutshell. Um, but I think he's a great quarterback. Um, I don't think his ranking is that off because you do need to put him in the context of the offense he's playing in. Now, next on the list is Kirk Cousins. Okay, okay. So Captain Kirk definitely showed up in the second half of the season with his exceptional come-from-behind win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You like that? You like that? That's right. You know, he, he busted it out. God bless him. He copy he copyrighted that uh, as he should. He should sell some T-shirts, make a little moolah off of that. Um, Washington was wise. They franchise tagged him. I don't think they've seen enough. I don't think anyone has seen enough to give the guy a long-term contract. Uh, however, the, considering the fact that he was making pennies before, this is definitely a step in the right direction. And I think he he at least you know he's not trying to play the game where he's just trying to get the biggest, longest, fattest contract he can. I think he's he's sitting here just earning his keep, thankful that he's got a job, thankful that he actually has finally taken the starting quarterback job away from Robert Griffin, um, considering the fact that, you know, he had some down seasons and some down play where, where they kind of gave him a shot, but he didn't perform. Well, he finally performed, and he's finally getting paid. Um, he's got to replicate that play. Ah. I don't know if I'm I don't I'm not ready to see the replication yet. I don't know if it's going to happen again. Um, whereas I think the Cowboys are going to trend up this season, I think Washington's going to tread down, a trend down. I um I think Kirk will be more consistent. Uh although I don't see him replicating those numbers. I think he's going to um I think he's going to struggle. I think the Redskins are going to struggle. I don't think they'll win as many games and I think his numbers will suffer as well. And um, I'm going to I'm going to take him. I'm going to pull him down on this list. As I go through the next couple of guys, I want to definitely pull t- uh, Kirk Cousins down on this list. Now, next is Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr. I was very excited to see the progression that Derek Carr made with the Oakland Raiders last year. He really, really started to look like a legitimate quarterback playing great games coming from behind. The Raiders all of a sudden look like a legitimate football team. Um and I absolutely would put Derek Carr ahead of Kirk Cousins. I would put Derek Carr ahead of Tyrod Taylor. Um, I mean, I might even put Derek Carr ahead of Eli Manning. I just, I, I'm really excited about his talent. I love the wide receivers that he has. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Michael Crabtree. You know, he's got, he's got an offense. He's got an offensive line. Like Jack Del Rio is doing the right thing out there in Oakland. And Derek Carr is a step in the right direction. You finally have a quarterback you can really sort of rely on. And I think he's going to go nowhere but up. Um, He's kind of in the same boat as Blake Bortles. If anything, you know, be thankful that he's being ranked this low because you can probably steal him where he's at. But I, you know, I, I'm very, very high on Derek Carr. I would, I would put him further up on the list. Next is Marcus Mariota. Eh, okay. Marcus Mariota. 
All right. I don't know if I've seen enough. Um, he definitely can run. He's definitely a mobile quarterback. Um, Tennessee, I think, I think his ability and his draft status, his, his entire value, I think, was skewed to a degree because of Tennessee's offense. Tennessee was just such a mess last year. And something that would also bring his fantasy stock down is because I don't know what Tennessee's going to be like this year. They might still be a mess. You know, I know they got Mike Malarkey in there as the new coach. I know they brought in some wide receivers. They brought in DeMarco Murray. They, they've got Delaney Walker. They've got a lot of weapons on the offense. But Marcus Mariota, I think he'll take a step forward. I just don't know if I'm ready to rank him as number 16 on this list. I, I got to see more. I got to see more consistency. I got to see the health. I got to see him stay on the field. And I got to see him be, you know, this guy who where like, you know, when he it's just early in a career – it's hard to see that come right out the gate in his rookie year, and I don't know if I saw it. I saw flashes of it, but not enough to rank him that high. Because next on the list, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was, used to be one of the highest-ranked guys on this list. I think he had a bit of a down year last year. Um, and, of course, you know, you take away Megatron, Calvin Johnson retired. Matthew Stafford is definitely sliding down this list more. But Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, I, I love what Detroit's doing. I've got a lot of faith in their offense. Um... I would definitely put Matthew Stafford ahead of Marcus Mariota. I would put Matthew Stafford ahead of Kirk Cousins. Um, I would put Matthew Stafford ahead of Tyrod Taylor. I still think he can air the ball out. I still think Matthew Stafford is a guy who can find a way to throw the ball a lot and put up monster numbers, and he can be a pretty reliable fantasy football quarterback. This is another tasty guy who, you know, he's going to be underrated. He's going to be underrated in this draft, and you can go scoop him up late Keep an eye out for him because he's really he can really help your team win, and you know people are not looking at him. Next on the list is Andy Dalton. Now Andy Dalton, pretty much his entire career, he's been a bit of a forgettable fantasy football quarterback until last year. Last year he was brilliant. He truly was brilliant. And I, I mean, aside from breaking his thumb, that was just a darn shame, man. He really was just his. It was just going so well for him, and then to see. To see that season come to an end the way it did, it was, it was a little heartbreaking. But I see him coming back. Um, Cincinnati, I've got a lot of faith in them, uh, especially after the season they had last year. I'm just, I, uh, I think Andy Dalton's going to come right back and pick up right where he left off. I would put Andy Dalton ahead of Mark, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I'd probably put Andy Dalton ahead of Tony Romo this time around. I just, I think Andy Dalton's. You know, I think this is more more of a reflection of Matthew Barry's opinion of Andy Dalton and not necessarily mine. Now, next on the list is Jameis Winston. Um, I'm not that high on Jameis Winston. Not because I think he's a bad quarterback or he's a poor foot. I just, I don't know if, if the fantasy football value is there yet. I don't know if the passing touchdowns are there yet. I don't know if the rushing touchdowns are there yet. Like, I think I saw more fantasy football relevance from Marcus Mariota last year than I did from Jameis Winston. I mean, if anything, Jameis Winston was winning games and being a great game manager and definitely progressing. But from a fantasy football standpoint, from putting up numbers, I'm not sold yet. I'm not sold on Jameis Winston. Number 19 is a little too high for me. Next is Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, I'm not sold on, on him either because, you know, Every year he was trending upward. He got a little bit better, a little bit better. His numbers got better. He started to throw less interceptions. He started to put up more yards. Everything was trending upward. And then Miami pays him this monster contract. They give him an extension, something like that. I mean, God bless him. 
And then last year, you know, Miami, again, the team was a bit of a mess. They fire their coach, Joe Philbin. The offense has problems. They don't know when to throw the ball. They don't know when to run the ball. And Tannehill's production dipped. I mean, he took a step backward last year. And, you know, it's really giving me pause. Like, where is the ceiling for Ryan Tannehill? Because I'm starting to get a little... I don't know, man. I'm not... He's going to be a guy who I'm not going to draft at all. I mean, there's plenty of other quarterbacks out there who I have much more faith in than Ryan Tannehill at this point. Like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, who I think has been forgotten a little bit ever since Atlanta fell off the map. You know, they were they were so close to going to the Super Bowl, and then the next season they were atrocious. And ever since then they've been atrocious. They fired their coach. But Matt Ryan is one of these quarterbacks who showed up in the league and um, – right out the gate in his rookie year, showed that he was relevant, he was good, and he could perform, and he could win games. And I still think Matt Ryan can win games and can air the ball out. His fantasy football numbers, he's kind of fitting into the same category as Matthew Stafford. He has the ability and the potential, but I think the offense and the coaches that he's been with have sort of been stifling him a little bit. And that's why I think Stafford and Matt Ryan are both sort of sliding further and further down this list as opposed to cementing themselves higher up on the list like a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers. Um, Matt Ryan does have the ability to throw atrocious interceptions at the end of games. Matt Ryan does have the ability to do turnovers that'll cost you the game. I mean, that's kind of why you're bringing him this far down on the list. Um, However, I would still take Matt Ryan over Tannehill. I would still take him over Jameis Winston. I would still take Matt Ryan over Kirk Cousins. I mean, I'm just putting that out there. I... Matt Ryan is, I, I, don't don't sleep on him. He's still got potential. He's still there. Now, we, he was officially number 21 on the list. I told you I'd go through 20 quarterbacks. Let me, let me go through some of these other quarterbacks and pick out some juicier ones. Brock Osweiler, ranked number 22 after Matt Ryan. I don't like that. I haven't seen enough from Brock Osweiler to be convinced that he's going to be putting up quality fantasy football numbers. Joe Flacco is next on the list. Joe Flacco is another eternally underrated quarterback. This is a Super Bowl winning quarterback who puts up good numbers. Now, granted, not every single game, but he puts up good numbers. And, uh, you know, he still, every single year, is ranked super low on the list. He is eternally on the waiver wire. Now, he is coming back from a torn ACL. Finally, you know, he was pretty consistent in staying healthy. And last year, he finally got hit by the injury bug and has to recover. Quarterbacks, if anybody is really going to be, you know, someone who comes back from a... uh, from an ACL tear fast, it's going to be quarterbacks just because they don't have to run. You, you know, they don't have to utilize that knee as much as, say, a wide receiver or a running back. So, you know, I see him bouncing back quicker. I see him being ready for week one. Um, he's a sneaky pick. You got to keep an eye out for him because he can be a great waiver wire pickup. And if you end up having a great quarterback who gets hurt, Flacco's a good go to. Ryan Fitzpatrick, unless he comes back with that Jets team, I can't, I can't put any type of, uh, I can't give him any type of thumbs up or confidence. Jay Cutler. Now, Jay Cutler, keep an eye out for him. He's eternally underrated. He loses a lot of games in Chicago, but look at his numbers. His numbers are good. He does find a way to put up decent numbers. He might throw a few costly interceptions, but Jay Cutler can be a fantasy gold mine, and a lot of people like to overlook him. Just put him, just stash it in the back of your mind. Um, all right, let me go down the list. Who are the other, you know, juicy ones that, uh, no one's really talking about? Um, Sam Bradford, uh, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. We got to see what Doug Peterson's offense looks like with Sam Bradford. He could be good because he is the quarterback for the Eagles, and I think the Eagles will still have a decent offense. Um, we're not going to know till we see anything, but I mean, you got to keep him on your radar. You got to keep Sam Bradford on your radar. I don't think he's going to be drafted nearly as high as he was last year. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, but, uh, you know, something to something, someone to keep on your radar because, you know, if, if the Eagles come out and they come out hot, he could be a nice juicy waiver wire pickup. Keep Sam Bradford on your list. Um, I feel like, you know, the last quarterback who, uh, who I think is kind of going under the radar that you might want to sort of keep an eye out for. I don't want to say Mark Sanchez and the Broncos. I don't think anything good is coming out of the Broncos quarterbacks. Um, You know, I want to give some credit to Robert Griffin. I want to give some credit to Robert Griffin. He could be decent, and I have a lot of faith in Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson is a fantastic coach, and he really knows how to groom players. I think he can get more out of Robert Griffin than most people are expecting. And the last one to really keep an eye out for is Colin Kaepernick. He's now been saddled up with Chip Kelly. We all know how much Chip Kelly likes to have that fast-paced offense. Now he's got a running quarterback, air the ball out. He's got some decent running backs. Colin Kaepernick could be a waiver wire pickup who ends up finishing in the top 10 or top 5 fantasy football quarterbacks this year. Do not count out Colin Kaepernick. I think there's a lot to be expected from him this year, especially working with Chip Kelly. Whew, okay, I'm done. Done with my fantasy football breakdown. Went through the quarterbacks. I think my last segment's not going to be as long. I'm going to talk tight ends, talk defenses, kickers. Like I said, I don't really know if there's much I need to say about the kickers. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm going to come back. Thank you. Uh, I've done my running back, my wide receiver. This was my quarterback segment. I appreciate you listening. Um, I'll be back soon, finish up this fantasy football thing. And, of course, once, uh, once football season starts, there's going to be plenty to talk about from a fantasy football perspective. So thank you for listening to my quarterback breakdown. Keep these notes for when you go into your draft. And uh, send me some, uh, some thoughts. If you have any disagreements, any questions, any particular uh, ideas, a trade, something like that, send me your thoughts at uh, samsportsstation at gmail.com. S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. It's real easy. I want to hear your thoughts. Send them over to me. All right, um, signing off for the moment. Uh, I'll be back in a bit. Uh, Talk to you later. Bye-bye.